Welcome to the Deep Three Pod podcast, where we will be diving deep into everything NBA. Just coming off of an NBA final that had everyone on the edge of their seats to completing the 2021 NBA draft, to now having free agency continue to shift rosters even as we speak. Stay tuned for episode one of the Deep Three Pod. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Welcome in. This is Mikey Clutch bringing it to you on the D3 pod. Let's get it going. We got some free agency and draft talk before this season kicks off and summer league started last night. But let's get into that draft. Couple picks, big picks early on, some notable ones. Let's get it. What did you guys think of the draft? Obviously, Kate Cunningham was the unanimous number one pick going to the Detroit Pistons. Kind of all figured he was going to go there. Uh, but what stood out to you guys in the draft? I'm excited for Kate Cunningham. I'm, I'm honestly excited to see how he uh, does in Detroit. I feel like I'm rooting for Detroit. Detroit is the city to have um, that team. Their fan base is crazy. Um, I feel like he really is zero flaws offensively with Cade, Hun- Cade Cunningham. Knows how to use his body. Knows how to use his size for his advantage um, with a 36-inch vertical. I feel like he is going to be a key player and carrying the Pistons further. Um, I feel like in Oklahoma, he really didn't have the players with him to kind of bounce off of his skill. He didn't have those players on the floor with him. So now that he's in Detroit, I do think that we're going to see his full potential. Yeah, I think Kay Cunningham is like the best, best player in there. Like you say, he's a 36-inch vertical and he's 6'8", 220. But not only that, Detroit, he'll go to Detroit and really be the guy to start out. There's nobody else really there that's going to take control of that from him. And on top of that, they also got Luka Garza in the second round, which I think is going to be a steal. I think he's going to come out hooping from the start. Absolutely. It seems like this is almost like the draft of the Jalen's. There was so many of them. What do you guys feel or how do you feel about Jalen Suggs coming off of um, or going to Orlando Magic? Being a player of basketball and football, do you feel like that's an advantage for him? I definitely, yeah. I definitely think being a multi-sport, basketball and football specifically, uh, would be good. I, I feel like, you know, a lot of football players come in a lot more physical, especially on defense, lateral movement, really good on defense. So we'll, just, we'll see how it works. Him and uh, Cole Anthony down there in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So, What about you, Mike? Yeah, I'm liking that pick. Uh, Jalen Suggs going there. I know the Bulls gave up a couple first-rounders to get Vukovic last year helping this team uh, in this draft. I know it wasn't the Bulls pick because they ended up getting Franz Wagner uh, in that eighth spot. But, yeah, a lot of likes from Jalen Suggs. He's a team guy, uh, you know, coming out in his interview. He he was just excited to change the culture down there in Orlando. And I think he's a gamer. He's a gamer. I mean, he he shot up uh, his draft stock after, you know, playing with Gonzaga. Um, So I think he's going to be ready day one to come and compete for that starting job. And, Orlando is going to be able to turn this thing around with the young players they got. Absolutely. What about uh, Jalen Green? I know he uh, went number two, Houston Rockets. How do we feel about him, if anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, J- Jalen Green definitely uh, – he's got some good size. Um, it's definitely, you know, compared to Cade Cunningham, I know we, we got to compare everybody to him because he was the number one, like, overall pick, and everybody just saw the talent from him. Uh, the rest of the guys kind of got some raw talent. 
and Jalen Green's one of those guys. Uh, he's definitely got a lot of room for improvement, but I mean, his ceiling is definitely high, and I think he can get there. It's just going to take a little bit of growth uh, in the next couple seasons. Yeah, I definitely do think that this was one of the most talented drafts that we've had in a while. Um, I'm going to ask you guys, but I'm going to give my first take on it. I feel like the Houston's had the best selection or did the best in my terms as far as getting Jalen Green. And they also got, um, I don't know his last name, Sug Sugan? Sugan, the Turkish player. Um, at 18, won, MB, won the MVP for the Turkish League. So I definitely do feel like Houston um, did their did their job when it came to this job. How do you guys feel? What team uh, walked away, you feel like, with the best of the best in this draft? I, I, yeah, I, I like what Houston did, um, especially I, you saw, uh, again, a, a foreign player like Luca uh, mm -hmm. being able to come in and, and play pro professional basketball overseas and, and we saw him come in day one into the NBA and, and really light it up and, and that's just the experience you get for playing pro ball early on in your stages and, and playing with grown men so uh yeah I think Sengun or you know mm -hmm. like you're saying how you say it but uh, he, he's gonna be poisoned and Sengun's gonna well, be poisoned what about him my internet shoddy a little in and out are um I, I think bad. I think uh I still have to stick with Detroit personally. I think they had what four players picked, but I just think I just think I honestly think Luca Garza is gonna come in hooping. Now I know it's kind of iffy, especially just with the type of player he is. He's not really super athletic. He's not, but I think all the fundamentals are there to have everything he needs. They got you know Decay Cunningham, which number one pick in the draft, and I just I feel like it's not a lot to hold the young players back on Detroit. Like you look at some of these other teams, they have they already have their it player, mm -hmm. you know, their superstar player that is going to take majority of shots, play majority of the minutes, take on the defensive assignments, whatever you want to call it. But I think Detroit is just one of the few teams that isn't. It's kind of it's kind of like I feel like like that in Houston too. It's just kind of like you're coming here is your time to shine. Basically, you need to show us what you got because that's it. Absolutely. So um, definitely I feel like Kate Cunningham is going to be one to um, watch all season. Definitely going to have his um, star role in the Detroit Pistons success. So now transitioning over to our own home team, the Bulls, they got a roster going. We might have to um, start rooting for them. I don't know if you guys are a true Bulls fan, but um, their draft selection, IU Dasumi, second round pick. How do we feel about him? Dasumi, well, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, all I'm going to say about this is you remember the last <laughs> Chicago native that got drafted to the Bulls. Okay. I'm not saying he's going to do all that, but we'll see. I, I got high hopes for him. Last native as in Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, okay. 2008. Okay. The only, the only issue okay. I, I kind of see with it is uh -huh. when players get drafted to their hometown, is they're surrounded by their people that they grew up with and people that are constantly around them. It's kind of a really comfortable situation, so it's easy to not focus on the job. Get stagnant. Yeah. Have you or were you able to watch any of his? Um, I know he was at um, Illinois. Did you get to watch any of his schooling or any of his playing? Yeah, yeah. How I did caught you feel about games. that? I think he's good. Like I just much to say. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. It's just like. So where do you feel like oh. he falls? We have a ton of new additions. Um, obviously more experienced 
um, Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Bolshevik, Lonzo Ball. We just got, or I just saw that we got uh, Tony Bradley today from OKC. Yeah, So that. how do you feel that he will, what role do you feel like he'll um, fall under with all of these veterans kind of taking over? See, essentially? That's, that's where good coaching is going to come in because we're especially at the guard position there's a lot of players I still like Kobe White you know we still we got Lonzo we got mm-hmm. Caruso Zach Levine Brad it's just kind of where where are you gonna put him in that and I'm not sure how he's gonna uh, manage that right now yeah but I, I guess it's kind of a wait and see situation absolutely Mike how do you feel about um IU um, hometown draft onto the Bulls so after the draft, um, definitely thought the Bulls made some good moves. Uh, I, I don't think they're great moves. I still think they're going to be kind of bottom uh, in the East, at least 6 seed. But uh, what showed me about the front office is at least they're willing to take some chances here and kind of make a splash. But I don't think it's going to be enough. But, hey, at least they're kind of getting there. Um, DeRozan, I, it's a nice piece, but I don't think it's going to be that piece that's going to help Levine – and Vukovic, you know, be title contenders or at least Eastern contenders um, for the Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, Lonzo Ball, I think, was a great addition. He's a good, lengthy defensive uh, player, and he can shoot the three ball. I mean, he, he he's definitely improving uh, at, behind the three point line, which is which is where the league is going. You you need to have some shooters. And DeRozan, his game is still old school. He, he's mid range game, so I, I think the Bulls kind of getting a player like Lonzo who can be a three and D guy uh, will help that team. And, and we kept Laurie Markin who we know can shoot. Uh, he's been inconsistent and injured in a little injury uh, riddle, but uh, I think if he could stay healthy, this Bulls team at least has a uh, uh, higher hopes than what we saw last year and, and can actually, you know, make a run at a six seed uh, seven, eight, but if they make the play in game, I think it's a total, um, underachievement by, by the Bulls this year. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree with both of you guys as far as Lonzo Ball, great addition, being drafted number two overall to the Lakers and being traded to the Pelicans. He definitely was able to keep his um, keep his value up despite being on a team. Nothing the Pelicans are horrible, but being on a team, you have that shadow almost of being with Zion. So he was able to keep that up. Got that deal, $85 million over to the Bulls. So definitely excited to see how he does. And also with keeping Zach Levine, keeping that marketing. Um, Zach averages 28 points per game. So having all of that and keeping that, you know, still solid of a foundation in Chicago, keeping those key players that um, I do believe a lot of people in Chicago did care about having Zach Levine, uh, White, does matter. So that's going to be exciting to see. They're definitely moving, and they're, you, you can tell they're talking. They're trying to get something done uh, for the Bulls to advance further than they have gone in a very long time. <laughs> Anything to add, Nate, as far as the Bulls? I'm, no, I'm just – I'm excited to see them play, uh, see how everybody plays together. Absolutely. Got a few 20-point score, 20-point-a-night guys. Vucevic, Levine, 28. Mm-hmm. And uh, DeMar DeRozan averaged like 22 and like 6.2 assists a game last season. So we'll, we'll see. Absolutely. Transitioning over to the Lakers, they had a lot of new guys coming in. They had a lot of new guys coming out. Um, their additions, obviously, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, 
um, Trevor Ariza. Who else did we have? At Malik Monk, big addition. How do you guys feel uh, about um, those additions to the Lakers? Interesting. <laughs> They're definitely doing whatever they can do to win now. I know they, they just yeah. signed Kendrick Nunn, Talon mm-hmm. Horton Tucker, signed back on the three-year deal. Uh, I just don't. I just don't know how Russ and LeBron are going to play together. Good like question. I just, I, I feel like it's a lot of ball not dominance there. And mm. do you know. feel like though, because this team is, these guys are kind of you know up there in age. Um, a lot of them have been to you know, the glory land of winning a championship. If you haven't, do you feel like there's going to be much of an issue on court because they all kind of have that one common goal to finish off their legacy, win that ring. Do you feel like there's going to be a lot of pushback from certain people with all this talent on the floor at once? I, I don't think so because I think everybody on the team knows exactly who still who still can play and who is towards the end of their career. Like mm-hmm. we know Carmelo is towards the end of their career. We know Dwight is towards the end of their career or his career. So it's just – I think it's more of the young guys knowing their role and playing their role. Like Kendrick Nunn, Talon Horton Tucker, you know, Malik Monk, just kind of knowing exactly what your role is because these older guys are face of the league. LeBron is the face of the league still at 36, you know. You think he's still so the face just, of the league? I think so. I, I think I think being the face of the league goes beyond basketball, though. Like. Mm-hmm. Everything about him. He's in movies. So Giannis winning his championship in. does not grant him the title of face of the league, in your opinion. I think I, – I don't think so yet, but I think it's coming up. He's accomplished everything he needs to accomplish, and I don't think it's necessarily anything he could do. I just think it's, like, more of the marketability of LeBron is that's who they'll push more, you know? Okay. Not yeah, saying absolutely. that LeBron is the best, because I don't – I honestly don't think he's the top player in the league anymore, but – I still do think he's the face, but I, I think the Lakers would be good. I think they come out the West. Yeah. How do you feel with the addition of uh, Westbrook, his, with his chemistry with LeBron, Carmelo, Dwight, all of them on? The- That's going to be interesting because mm-hmm. I, I think Westbrook, li- listen, LeBron always flourished with good three-point shooters and being able to drive because he just, he plays bully ball. He just gets into the lane, gets to the basket, and if it's not there, he dishes it out and usually get a wide open three. And they traded two three-point shooters in that for it to get Russ. And Russ is one of the worst three-point shooters in the league. And so when LeBron goes to the basket and Russ is sitting there ready to, you know, be spot up, shoot, you really don't have the confidence in him to hit that three-point shot like you would a Kuzma or a KCP who is a better three-point shooter. So I, I, that's what's going to be difficult. I think Russ, the only way he works really is when LeBron's off the floor. And then yeah. Russ could really do Russ things and, and really take advantage uh, of, of those minutes and, and get everybody else involved. So I, I feel like their team is deeper as far as like when LeBron's off, off the court. Um, mm-hmm. But again, they're all old. I don't know how many minutes these guys can all play without you know getting hit with these injuries. And, and LeBron and uh, Davis, what we see the past couple of years, they just – haven't been healthy. I know they had that good finals run, but they also had like a couple month break to get some rest. Yeah, absolutely. Going along with what you said, losing some of their uh, three-point shooters. Um, I know you said KCP. 
Caruso, also his name, um, Mick Lamore and uh, Kyle Kuzma too, definitely was someone that they relied on. It really depends on uh, Kuzma. I feel like he was a hit or miss when it came to the threes. Um, but yeah, not having that shooting around LeBron anymore. So seeing what they will do with that um, half court offense is going to be interesting with having all these players now on the team. Yeah, I, I like if I was a GM, I'm obviously not. I wish I was, but if I was a GM, I definitely would have tried getting Buddy Heald and then maybe sign like a Kimball Walker over yeah. trading for Russ. I just feel like that would be a much better fit playing with LeBron and AD and the floor spacing would be 10 times better than what it's about to be this year. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I thought Buddy Hill was the right right option there to get to the Lakers. I thought he would have been a perfect plug-and-play fit right away day one. Um, but, yeah, you, you, Lakers and LeBron, they go for that star power, and that, that's what they got in Russ. I mean, of course, he's one of the elect, most electric guys that we can watch on the court in the NBA, but that doesn't always compute to championships, and we've seen it. This is now his, like, seventh and eighth superstar that he's played with, and we, we've seen him be bounced out first round in the playoffs. I mean, it's just – I don't think he's that right piece to get you there. No, I, so de- you- I definitely don't think if they meet Brooklyn, both teams healthy, I don't even think they have a chance, to be honest. So I have a question for you guys then. Do you guys feel like this trade was solely for or solely in response to the Nets? You know, them having um, those three? And then do you feel like it was just a, as simple as an answer back to what Brooklyn has set up? I mean, if that's the whole reasoning behind it was to catch up to Brooklyn, I think that was the wrong way to do it because, honestly, I don't think they're even, they were even close to getting them after these trades and these moves. I just – I think, like, Brooklyn's deeper than we think. It's just they can't stay healthy, and, mm-hmm. and that's a big if. And, and that's why I still think Milwaukee is the team to beat next year uh, because Brooklyn – I mean, it, it's just like the Lakers. Anthony Davis, we have yet to see him other than that – uh, championship win and run him stay healthy and the Brooklyn Nets we have yet to see Kyrie and Durant you know last few seasons really stay on the floor so I, I'm still kind of weary about picking the Nets in the finals next year but they are yeah you're right when healthy the best team on paper for sure and the Lakers I, I think they got a long ways to go to catch up to them absolutely and so in a hypothetical world LeBron Westbrook AD all healthy against mm-hmm. Katie Harden and um, Kyrie Irving, all healthy. Who do you have? Yeah, I would have to take Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn. Okay. Especially after that's the Patty nice. Mills signing. Yeah, that's a nice. See, that's a nice piece. Like they're they're signing the right guys that fit, and, and that's just what makes them dangerous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. This you could tell. Um, well, I don't know if you can tell, but you guys feel like LeBron is clearly he has his words and his opinion holds weight. Do you feel like? these guys that they're getting on the Lakers was solely based off of LeBron's uh, input or his input had a great deal to do with um, obtaining these guys. Some of them. Yeah. Like Mello, definitely probably Russ. I think after they got those two, they got the white Howard too. I think you kind of look at the team and be like, well, we can't shoot it all. So that's when you go and get the Wayne Ellington and Trevor Reese kind of, Three and D and Malik Monk, uh, Kendrick Nunn, and went to the same high school as Tyler Horton Tucker, and they trained together in the off season. So I'm, and I mean, 
Kendrick Nunn's a decent little pickup, so I'm sure that he has something to do with that. But I definitely think, like, the top guys is LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there was a yeah. lot of trades going on. Um, go ahead, uh, Mike. Is it M? No, I, I was just going to say, yeah, I think, like, LeBron had his, you know, fingers all over this, just getting guys back. But I think Howard, honestly, probably just came back after, you know, doing that one year with Philly, seeing, like, hey, I won a championship with the Lakers. Uh, he, he contributed – you know, pretty decently on that run too. So, uh, but yeah, LeBron's get, trying to get these guys in here to get them another chance at a ring. And, and yeah, Carmelo, Carmelo for sure uh, is those guys that he wanted to get in. And, and imagine if the Lakers were going to be able to pull Chris Paul from the Suns, <laughs> like that would have yeah. been him all over it. But uh, yeah, we've seen this LeBron being somewhat the co-GM. And I mean, has it really worked? in the past besides getting Anthony Davis, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. This, uh, this Lakers team kind of reminds me of, what was it? The 04 Lakers or I think it was 04, 03, 04 when they had Gary Payton, Carl Malone, uh, Kobe, Shaq, just kind of like, you have all these, like this team has five hall of famers on it. Like Mm -hmm. Dwight, Melo, AD, Russ, LeBron are all most likely going to be in the hall of fame one day. But it's kind of like, are they the right guys to go together? I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting season to see how they, how that chemistry uh, plays out and unfolds on the court for sure. Yeah, see that it's funny you mentioned the '04 Lakers, '03 one. I, it reminds me of when they try to bring Steve Nash and Dwight Howard the first time around when these guys are kind of out of out of their prime and. Like mm-hmm. they just, it's not enough to get your championship. Yeah, it looks good on paper and you're going to sell some tickets. But I just think, as far as the championship run, the West, I mean, the West keeps getting better. And the Clippers, I know they're going to be without Kawhi basically all season. But I, I still think the Clippers, when Kawhi's in, is a better team than this Lakers squad. Yeah. And like the West is like so deep. It's like, like five, six teams deep that mm-hmm. are really good. Maybe not all are going to win a championship. Not all can make a run, but there's a lot of teams that are really good. Denver, Phoenix, both L.A.s, Utah. Like, it's really deep. And there's going to be a hard playoff run, especially especially if it's like the last few seasons where injuries have just been, like, bad constantly. And Golden State's getting clay back. I I, I think they're a top five seed easy, uh, the Golden State Warriors. And, and they had a decent draft. You got Weissman coming second year. Like, they're going to be back in – back at it. I mean, they made the finals, what was it, five years in a row, won three titles? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's when those guys were all healthy, and, and they're going to get them back. And, and they made a good push with Steph playing lights out last year. And now, with the help of Clay, I, I just think Golden State, they're going to be dangerous, and people forget about them just because they haven't been together yet. Yeah, I, I think that too. And I think Jordan Poole is going to take a step up next year. Yeah. I, I definitely I forgot about them. So yeah, that's like, like six teams deep, though, that are really good. Yeah, absolutely. With the Suns and Chris Paul deciding to stay with Phoenix, signing that four-year, $120 million contract, do you guys feel like that was a good decision? Do you feel like it was just to keep the Suns intact along with his, you know, great relationship uh, with Monty Williams? How do you guys feel like that shifted the NBA with him staying in Phoenix? I've never, I've never been a big believer in Phoenix. Like, I just like they're good, <laughs> like like they're good, yeah. But 
I don't think they're better than a lot of teams. I don't think they're better than a lot of teams in the West if, if they're healthy. That's just the big if. So What is it that you think got them as far as it did last season? Was it luck? Injuries. <laughs> I think it's, I think they're good. Like, like I said, I think they're good, but you have to think like um, Denver was injured. LA was injured. Like all these teams are great when they're healthy, but they don't stay healthy. And I think Phoenix got a lucky run last year. I, I, I honestly think it's kind of like, like um, when the Raptors were in the finals, like if Golden State was healthy that last year, KD was there, everybody in the world knows. The Raptors are not going to win that finals, but yeah. it's kind of the luck of the draw. And I, I, I just, I don't. Go ahead. No, nah, I, I see. I, I get your point there, but I feel like every every year, every playoffs, there's injuries on, on these teams. No, no teams ever healthy. Uh, you could say that, you know, when the Lakers won, they got some luck w- with the bubble. Teams weren't right. You know, no, nobody was. You know, the Clippers were like a shell of themselves. They, they were not the Clippers that we expected when they first got brought together. And, you know, you just got injuries every year. So look at the Bucks. You could say, all right, if Brooklyn was fully healthy, the Bucks mm-hmm. wouldn't even been in the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I like to keep it like they, they got a nice squad. And Chris Paul, having the, like, ego and, like, he does, he knows that this team, since they were so close, he, he's got a great young player in Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who thank. Chris Paul for how his career went this season or how the season went and basically kicked his ass in, in a really showing up. I, I just think another year with this squad, the experience that they gained in the playoffs, they're going to have some confidence and they're going to be hungry. I mean, Devin Booker's got that Mamba mentality and Kobe's like one of his boys. So I think he's going to be lighting it up. If they make the playoffs, they're going to be scary. I, I think they still will be scary because defensively they got talent too. Yeah. They're definitely yeah. going the opposite route of the Lakers and getting younger talent um, that they can definitely grow and mold into what they need to do. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, just, I guess I'm just not that big of a D-book guy. I don't know. Mm, I, I think I yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> No, like I like, like, I like him. I just think he's a little, like, just a little bit overhyped since he had that 70-point game. Like, <laughs> I, like. Hype. Wow, a little bit, just a little bit. Okay, <laughs> like, like especially the Kobe comparisons. I think that's like off was the wall too crazy, much. way too much. Come on, way no. too much. I his, don't even think he's better than like Donovan Mitchell. His first oh playoff per- appearance, though, twenty-two games, twenty-seven points a game. Come on, he needed to do. He needed to do. Good. He's good. No, I like like I like him. I just think he's a tiny bit overhyped, just a little bit, just oh, a little bit, not too much. Okay. Uh, he's only 24 too, so think about that. He he's been lighting it up in his first playoffs, and he's only 24 years old. This dude's it's only going to be getting better. Yeah, yeah, that's facts. He's like, facts. <laughs> just not a book guy. Just not a book guy. <laughs> All right, how do you guys feel about uh, moving on along the coast to the Heat, Miami? They got Kyle Lowry. How do we feel about that addition? I'm not a big fan of it, honestly. I, I, me, come playoff time, I like Goran. I would have kept Goran Dragic. I I think he's just a better piece than Kyle Lowry. I don't think Kyle Lowry at this point, to me, it feels like they're trying to grasp. They saw what Chris Paul did at his age with Phoenix, and they're trying to bring that in, and hopefully Lowry could be the Chris Paul for for the Heat. I I just, 
I don't know. He, he, I know he was kind of on the outs with Toronto last year, so maybe he wasn't really playing up to his full potential uh, that he could. But Lowry, I think, is just on the back end of his career. And, like, Chris Paul, he changed a lot. He changed his diet, went, like, all natural. And you could see, like, he's still got the endurance and, and can contribute. He may not be taking all the shots that he used to, but he still gets mm-hmm. everybody involved. And I don't know. I just don't know if Lowry's going to be that piece that gets the heat over the Bucks or the Nets. Like it's, I still think it's a two-team race, and depending on what Philly does, maybe a three-team race. But I still think like Miami, it's not that big of an upgrade. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of an upgrade either. Like, <laughs> it's just like he's not, he's not playing the best basketball he's ever played. You know, and the team is not like. You don't look at that team and be like, wow, these guys are super good, like you do some of these other teams in both conferences. It's just kind of a – I think it's like one of those teams that's going to be there. Like they're good and they're going to be there, but they're not going to – they're not going to make any super like big noise. I, I kind of feel like they're like uh, early like 2010s when Carmelo was on the Knicks. Like you know they're a good team, but nobody expects them to actually – do anything. Nobody expects them to actually like make it to the championship or anything like that. To go far. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Kyle Lowry, I think he's going to allow, I feel like their shortcomings were at the point guard position. I feel like he's going to fill in that position and allow Jimmy Butler to do what he needs to do. Um, allow Hero to do what he needs to do. I feel like they had Hero filling in a lot of positions and it wasn't good for anybody. So I feel like he's coming in he has that veteran experience, that championship championship experience. So I feel like he's going to come in and just not saying he's going to, you know, make them that team, but definitely allow other key players to play their role as needed. Do you feel like so this doesn't affect the Heat chances to contend in the East for you guys? No, I don't think it does. The East might be getting better, but I still think the East is way far behind the West and you should be able to compete if you're Miami to win the East. But I still think they're just light years behind the bucks and the nets for sure. If healthy to really make a push. I mean, we saw what happened. They, they beat the bucks the previous season in the bubble. And then we saw what happened to them this year against the bucks in, in the playoffs. So I, I just, I don't see the heat really making a difference with this Lowry uh, signing um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm putting them on the back burner still. Okay. So we had a lot of draft. We had a lot of, um, transitions and player placement changing. What for you guys, besides I'm going to take out the obvious of Russell Westbrook, all the big key players, Carmelo Anthony, all of them, what was your favorite, um, small move or big move minus those that, um, has happened so far in agency? I'm looking at the New York Knicks. I like what they did. They brought in Kemba. They re-signed Derrick Rose. Um, they brought in Evan Fournier, too, uh, which I, I know coming over to the Celtics from Orlando last year, Celtic fans aren't happy of the input that he gave. But uh, I, I really think that they they made some good signings. And Kemba, he had that knee issue. So maybe he's going to be back and, and ready to go. This is going to be a deep team. They're still young. And, and we'll see what happens after Julius Randle had a great season, too. Yeah, um, that I think I'm with you with the Knicks. Kemba, Kemba's most likely gonna start. 
You still got, you re-signed Derrick Rose on three-year deal, so you have him coming off the bench, Evan Fournier, and you still got your core. You still have Julius Randle. Like, I just think that you have a good core to compete with, and I think they're. I think maybe next year if they get like one more superstar. I don't know who's going to be afraid of next year, but they get like one more big name player, really, really good player that can start competing. But I do think they got better from this free agency and see if RJ Barrett can take a step up too. Yeah, that's all. Like you said, that's all that really New York's missing. They need a, a, a star starter, a little a veteran. You know, Julius Randle's basically their best veteran. I know Kemba's older, but uh, Julius Randle's got a little more, I think, more game than Kemba does have left. So. Yeah, like you said, I, I think if they, they were able to add a superstar, uh, they're they're definitely gonna be able to compete for for the um against those nets. Who is that superstar that you feel like they need? That's the thing. I they gotta your wait next year. Uh, I mean, yeah, unless, they could figure out, unless they could figure it out and, and trade for Dame, mm-hmm. if Dame's unhappy in Portland as the season kicks off, you got a lot of good young pieces here and, and maybe some picks that you can give up to get Dame. I think that for New York would be lights out. I, I, you know, hopefully Kemba gets off to a good start and, and he could be a trade piece because um, I, I don't think Rose really has that much value. But Rose can, if he plays like last year, he could fill in that role for Kemba. And, and then, uh, or actually, I, no, you could bring Damon, Damon, and fill that role. But yeah, I think Dame would be a good piece for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When, uh, I think I think Portland needs to. I think they need to trade them. I think they need to focus on getting picks and kind of start a rebuilding phase because I feel like they're just stuck in this constant loop of we're good, but we can't really get there. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly think they should just start trying to load up on draft picks, kind of like what OKC did, and just go from there. Because Dame is getting older, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just not. Yeah, CJ. But they're not. There. CJ hasn't been that number two that he he was, you know supposed to be he really didn't show up this playoffs I, they could have easily beat the nuggets in that series and cj had some bad games and dame literally had to put the team on his shoulders and they almost won despite that so yeah i, I think like you you they need full rebuild build let's get rid of these pieces get a bunch of draft picks mm-hmm. and, and just you know hit the reset button yeah absolutely one of the um drafts or not the drafts contract extensions that I want to go over and talk to you guys about Trey Young um how do you guys feel about his extension 170 million Atlanta Hawks I like it and I like Trey Young I like I like the uh the villain role he kind of plays like (laughs) takes on yeah like Mm -hmm. some guys a lot of guys don't want to be that a lot of guys don't like if you're the villain there's like a little bit more pressure when you go to some of these games and these fans really don't like you like he just takes on that role. I think the re-signing was great. I think I think Atlanta's decent. I think they start to build around some people, but I think Trey is definitely the biggest piece on their team. They have to make sure they keep for a long time. Yeah, he showed a lot last last season, especially in the playoffs. I mean, he was like the focal point and the reason why they were went so far. And, and I do. I love his cockiness, you know, showing up, giving, giving the shimmy, the shake, mm-hmm. and then hitting those threes. <laughs> like, he's a showman, and that's what I love. Uh, you know, basketball needs to get get more of these guys in there that, you know, aren't afraid of the big moments, show up, 
and show out. So I love that. And the fact that they re-signed John Collins too. So you're going to get these two together yes. mm-hmm. at, a, at a good contract too, like 34 mil for Trey Young right now at 22, five-year contract. You're going to be able to bring some pieces in and yeah. that's going to help out. And that's what kind of gets a young championship team built is getting your young guys early and cheap and then bring in a couple big stars. Yeah, absolutely. How do you guys feel versus, let's go, okay, now let's compare these two. We have Luka Doncic, who also just, or is potentially going to be signing his contract um, once he comes home from the Olympics. How do you Luka, 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 Luka deserves every single dollar he's going to get. You said like, Luka, Luka. <laughs> he, he's going to deserve every dollar he gets. I, I think Luka is like one of those, I, I kind of want to say generational guys, like it's not really nobody, especially his age, that's doing what he's doing. I mean, you see what he's doing in the Olympics. Like, Slovenia is in the semifinals. And, like, come on, now, Slovenia. Like, France and Spain and USA and those top dogs are good. But he's really leading a team of really nobody really heard of against the best players in the world winning. And he's going to do the same thing on the Dallas Mavericks and show out and he's going to get paid. Absolutely. Do you feel like it's a challenge to build around him at times? That's the part. I, I yeah. honestly think Luca. I, I don't think he should re-sign with the Mavericks, honestly. I, I think he needs to just take his chance and go somewhere else to where he can actually win a title and contend because Dallas has not shown that they can get the right pieces around anybody. I mean, that year they won with Dirk, I felt was somewhat kind of luck. You know, it fell in their lap uh, going up against that Miami Heatel team. And – I, don't know, I just feel like Luca's going to be stuck in that same situation Dirk was all these years, not be able to get a, a solid number two who, who can, you know, help you win a championship with a bunch of role guys. And they try, they swung and miss with uh Christoph Porzingis. You know, he just hasn't been the same since he was on the Knicks injuries. Uh, yeah. and he just defensively last year was terrible, especially in the playoffs. I mean, he shouldn't have been on the floor and you know, Tim Hardaway, he, he, he's a nice piece. I like Tim Hardaway Jr., but again, like if that's your second best player on the team, I know Luca's. I mean, that's a number one. I, he he's a A plus plus type talent, but again, we haven't seen in this league one player really be able to take a whole team and, and win it. You know, everybody to right. So yeah. I think he needs because Dallas, like I said, they just haven't been able to get great free agents in, and I. I don't know. Are a lot of players willing to go to Dallas to play with them? I just, I don't know if that's going to gonna happen. Yeah. And then just risk having to, you know, build up with Doncic to have that team in Dallas. Yeah, I agree with you. 100%. Where do you think he would sign if he did leave, though? Like, what would be, like, a good for him? Because where he would get paid, too, though. Like, that's the trick. I'm trying part. to think, and it's hard. It's like I'm trying to think of something. It would be hard to just come off the top of my head with the team. See, I, I know that, and, and that's where it gets sticky. But, um, like, where you can get other free agents to join him and go with them. Like, I could see – I know the Celtics got Brown and Tatum. I Could you imagine just adding him to that roster and, mm-hmm. and maybe getting rid of one other – like, maybe – you know, Brown or uh, I, I think you got to keep Tatum, but maybe Brown could be a piece that you get rid of and, and get some picks 
and then you you get because you're gonna they're gonna have to get paid. And I think Luca, you can bring in pay him, uh, pay him there. But I don't know. There's a couple of teams I think he can fit. Uh, I just I don't know if those teams can get the other stars there. Uh, maybe yeah. I I don't know uh, unless shoot if I'm Dallas or if I'm on the six Sixers, try and package whatever you can. Send Simmons over there, and then maybe you get the bird rights. I think to Luca, and then he could sign the max there in, in Philly. Okay, so two questions for you guys: with Luca and Trey coming out of the same draft, one who is better, and are they both doing themselves a disservice by staying um, with these teams, although they're getting paid for it? Like you said, could they go somewhere better? Well, we already discussed uh, Luca. So, how do you feel about Trey? I think. I think right now they're both young. Um, I say right now sign the extension and get paid. Like I, I think neither one of them are like guys that I feel depend on athleticism that much. It's more of just their game. So like I don't want them to get injured or nothing, but you know when some guys get injured, it takes their whole game away. Because if you tear an ACL or something like that, but your whole game is based off your speed and everything, mm-hmm. you start to play a little different. I don't – I think they're just them. And I think that right now I think they should stay and get their money. And then when they're about 27, 28, whenever their contract ends, you're still pretty young. You could definitely go sign somewhere else. See, I, I think Trey is mm-hmm. is doing it. I think, yes, he, he should stay in Atlanta. I, I, because – they're both talented, but with Trey's game, I think it involves the whole team, and he could just make other players better. Whereas Luca is a lot more ball dominant, and and he, he likes to shoot more than you know distribute. And, and Trey gets his buckets too, but I just think with Trey's game, it could translate to more wins in Atlanta, and, and you could bring like little pieces here and there uh, to help him. And John Collins is a nice player, very nice player. So you're gonna have him, and then we'll see what ha- happens with Cam Reddish in the next couple of years too, but. With those two, I like that one-two punch way better than Luca and name whoever else on that roster in Dallas. So that's why I think Luca is better off moving else and getting a contract, moving somewhere else and getting a contract. And Trey, he he's fine in Atlanta. He, he's going to be the face of that franchise, as Luca would be basically anywhere else. But Trey in Atlanta, I think Atlanta has more growth because of their core and, and the talent that they have. And I mean, come on, they they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, and nobody had them making it that far. So I think Atlanta's got our set up better for the future rather than Dallas. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that was a lot of um, information. Definitely a lot of players being shifted around, guys coming in and out for all teams. Um, I feel like we really won't know solid teams until the day before camp starts. So we have a lot to talk about, continue to talk about, refocus, break down a lot. So stay tuned for next episode of the Deep Pod. Pod. Uh, we'll see you guys then.